Good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. My name is Jenna Wolf. Nick is counting the appearances. Stop at 10, my friend. Stop at 10. How many did he win? How many did he win? Oh, How many we're already in. Brandon Marshall, Kevin Wilds. Oh, we're counting again. Four is the answer. What? It's about to be four. We are. It's the answer, We are gonna. We're gonna count LeBron's accolades momentarily. But it was an absolutely wonderful weekend of football. So we got to start in the NFL. So be patient, Nick. We, I promise, we're gonna get to LeBron. Let's start with some Packers Saints. No biggie. Only two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Rodgers, Breeze, and while both Rodgers and Breeze played up to their billing, the Packers offense looked amazing for the third straight week, and they did it all without Devontae Adams. Rodgers throwing three touchdowns as the Packers remain undefeated with a 37-30 to win over New Orleans. Here is Aaron Rodgers on Green Bay's hot start. You know, again, I, I've said it a lot, but I just feel I feel so much more comfortable in the offense this year. And I think Matt, uh, you know, has really settled into the rhythm of the play calling, and it's you know it's made my job uh, my job a lot easier. All right, Brandon, let's start with you. This has been a nice, I don't want to call it a surprise, but it's nice to see the Packers back in the conversation. How scary is this Green Bay offense when you got Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur? These two sort of clicking the way they have been. Extremely scary, Jenna. But you know what else is uh, nice to see is Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if it was just me, but last night watching the game, it seemed after every single play, Aaron Rodgers was smiling. When's the last time we saw that, right? I mean, we got to go back to before Matt LaFleur came in. There was a lot of talk about this guy's uncoachable. There was a lot of talk about Matt LaFleur coming in and getting this guy in check. So when you look at their record, did they have success? Yes. But when you see Aaron Rodgers happy and then really embracing this offense and leading this team to a potential championship, you got to think about the moment last year when Aaron Rodgers was like, okay, this guy's coming in to put me in check. I'm a Super Bowl champion. I'm an MVP. So you got to think about how that dynamic played out. So last year seemed like, you know, X's and O's was clicking. But the chemistry wasn't there. And, and them having a year to build, them having this offseason to really break down uh, this offense and Aaron Rodgers really give his input, it, it, it's showing that it's going a long way. I just think about Aaron Rodgers outside of the locker room, outside, off of the field, being totally comfortable. And you're seeing that if these guys can continue to build this relationship and click on all cylinders, um, this is a scary Packers team, Kevin. And, Brandon, I'll take it a step further. There's, there's a great NBA quote, David Fisdale, take that for data. And I feel like this whole year so far has been Aaron Rodgers saying, take that for regression. There was a lot of smart people <laughs> that said the Packers were a bad 13-3 and team. They were a team that the record said they were good, but Rodgers wasn't playing at a very high level the last few years. I know you heard the same things. Some of those folks on Inside the NFL yep. alongside you were saying some of those same things. <laughs> and that if there was a team yeah. primed to take a big step backwards from a 13-win season, it was Green Bay because they didn't have That's all right. the pieces that a great team typically does. So how did they overcome that? When they didn't really participate in free agency, they are getting no production at all Never from their do. first, second, or third round pick. So how'd they do it? Oh, they acquired vintage Aaron Rodgers. They got 2015 Aaron Rodgers. They got peak of his powers right. Aaron Rodgers. And, and if you have that, 
everyone is in trouble. And Brandon, I want to throw it back to you quickly here. The other thing that was on full display last night is we're all kind of learning how, not bubble ball, but how pandemic, era of pandemic football with no fans in the stands or limited fans in the stands is going to work. And Aaron Rodgers' hard count in these dead, quiet oh, stadiums yes. is a superpower. I mean, you saw him draw them off sides. You saw him get the free play. And, I mean, yep. that's almost more valuable in an empty stadium than in a home stadium where there's still kind of the murmur of the crowd. So he's going to be able to do that. He seems to be feeling great. He knows the offense. He did it last night without Devontae Adams. Brandon, it feels like he's just clicking on every single cylinder right now. 100%. I mean, it's, and, and, and for me, it's less about Aaron Rodgers. You can have 200,000 people in the stands and he's going to perform at a high level. He's just that type of talent. He's that type of guy. Uh, it's about the guys around him. You just talked about not having his number one guy, Adams, involved last night. Uh, and to me, it's for those guys. Like, think about those young, talented, wide receivers. There's a lot that you have to deal with going into a game. You're going into New Orleans. You want to see Bourbon Street. You want to walk into that, to that <laughs> stadium, and it's rocking. You got people with beads on. They don't have to deal with that. It's all about football for them, and that's why you're seeing these guys perform at a high level. Last year, without Adams, when he had that toe issue, these guys looked like they were young. They looked like they were rookies. Yep. They looked like they were playing bad. Were they were playing bad. So, uh, Kevin, I enjoyed watching Aaron Rodgers last <laughs> night. Um, you know, this is only going to get scarier. Brandon, you know what I, I've enjoyed about working with you? You're, you? You were a great player, but you're not afraid to get distracted a little bit. You had you were talking about going to MetLife Stadium. You saw the fireworks. You're like, oh, fireworks! And now people with beads on. You're like, oh, a guy wearing beads. Check it out. Like, get focused, Brandon. Brandon, get focused. Uh, that's not that's a big deal. You got to think about that. You too. There's a lot that goes on no, before the game. All the hurricanes, the big drink. It's yeah. such a tall glass. Yeah, so you know. Uh, <laughs> Nick, I'm not quite ready to offer an official apology to the Packers, but I am uh, in the Hallmark section, the apology section. I'm looking, I'm flicking through the cards here. Mm -hmm. We were just killing them for these draft picks that you mentioned. They're like, you got to give him weapons. He needs weapons now. They look fine. They, went, they put up 43, 42, and 37 last night. These weapons look fantastic. Yep. It's not even counting Adams. So, like, are you ready to say, hey, maybe this draft wasn't as uh, big of a disaster as we were making it out to be earlier this year? Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Because the, the problem wasn't that they didn't draft a wide receiver. The problem was they traded up in the first round to draft a player they hope nice. never sees the field. And then in the second round, yeah. they drafted essentially a rich man's fullback. And in the third round, they drafted an H-back, <laughs> Josiah Deguera. So, like, those three, those three players, Love, Dylan, and Deguera, have combined for less than 50 yards on the season. And Love, of course, is going to continue to be, you know, a game day inactive. So they are doing this despite the fact that they're not getting impact from the first-round picks. And I already know, Jenna, the narrative is going to become, and we saw a little bit of it last week, oh, they spent that first-round pick on Jordan Love. 
because what they were purchasing is Aaron Rodgers' anger, Aaron Rodgers' Vintage focus. Aaron that Rogers. is revisionist yep. media manipulation. That's already out there, it's Nick. It's nonsense. Nick, right. that's, and, all, but they draft, Nick, that's already I know that's it is, Brandon. There, yeah. It's crazy. It's cr it is a way to justify <laughs> you know, what is going to look like an unjustifiable pick. You're yeah. right, but who cares? Look at the Aaron Rodgers that we all get to be entertained by now, week in and week out, at least through the first three weeks. All right, the Green Bay Packers mm -hmm. remain right. unbeaten three weeks into the season after a win over New Orleans. We'll switch gears. Did Dak Prescott's three turnovers yesterday cost the Cowboys the football game? That's mm. next. It's First Things First. The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. Compose ourselves, talk some Cowboys Seahawks. Uh, that would have been better in slow motion. This one, this game, guys, was must-watch. This was must-watch start to finish. Uh, Brandon, you said Friday the Cowboys had to clean up the turnovers. They didn't. Dak had two interceptions and a fumble. Brandon, you said Friday they had to take away the deep ball. They didn't. DK Metcalf burned him deep. And when it came time for that two-minute drill, well, Russ had it. Dak did not. Seahawks win this one by a score 38 to 31. Brandon, needless to say, you called this start to finish. You were right. Cowboys should have listened to your keys to the game. What do you think went so wrong for the Dallas Cowboys yesterday? You, uh, what went wrong? You just said it. They didn't listen to me. They obviously don't watch our show. If they did, they would have corrected these things. <laughs> Number one, there's no way you can win a, in a National Football League if you don't win a turnover battle. Look at that. And not all of those interceptions or those turnovers were on Dak. Two of them actually was on the team. Number one, the first pick to end uh, the, the first half, that was on Amari Cooper. He got off the ball late. He ran a sloppy route. I don't know if it was a bang seven, which was a skinny post, seven steps, take 45-degree angle to the near upright, or if it was a 15-yard in cut where he's supposed to come directly down the line. Outside looking in, it looked like that was on Amari Cooper. Uh, the fumble, that's on the offensive line, and it's on Dak. That last pick is on Dak, but you cannot win in a National Football game, in the National Football League this way. And the second is eliminate the big play. Like, you, have you not watched film on Russ and his crew? <laughs> exactly. This is like the Russ Air Show. You can't do it. They had three go for 20-plus yards. 
three should have been, it should have been three touchdowns. Two were a touchdown. One was called back because of DK Metcalf or it was a fumble um, through the end zone, touchback. And then the last thing is a two-minute drill. And we just talked about that. The end the half, that's on Amari Cooper. The two-minute drill was sloppy. And then the end the game, you cannot do that. You, you have another shot at the end zone. We're taught to throw it two times in the end zone when you're in that situation. But if you don't have anything, live to play the last down. Throw it throughout through the back of the end zone and come back and try to find a better look. This is on the coaches. You got to clean up these things. These are things that are are, are becoming a trend. You can't continue right. to uh, turn over the ball. And number two, you can't give up the deep ball. Ah. Brandon, it looked like this defense had never played a single game together. It looked like a game of pickup <laughs> football. And, and it looked like they were in this game of pickup football they had totally underestimated the below the below average size quarterback the other team had. Like, oh, he can't throw it that far. We can play up. How the hell do you let every single time the Seahawks need a big play, guys are running wide open? You laid out all the t all the big plays. DK Metcalf could have had a touchdown. Their first touchdown, Tyler Lockett is running wide open. The short touchdown passes, guys are running wide open. But despite them failing, all of your tests, Brandon, they had a lead late, and they had Seattle in a fourth down. And on that fourth down, what happens? Greg Olson, old man Olson, runs wide open. Every, wide open. I didn't think this is going to sound crazy if you didn't watch the game and just look at the numbers. I didn't think Russ was that sharp. Honestly, I thought he missed some easy passes. But guys are running so wide open he, of course, is going to hit these things. I don't know what Dallas was trying to do. It's like they were playing a team with a rookie quarter. You know what? It was like they had the game plan for the Chargers and Justin Herbert, where it's like, listen, they're going to do everything short. So we don't, don't worry about guys getting behind you because they're not going to take the shot. And then all of a sudden, they're just taking shots like, damn, we didn't expect that. This has been the whole story of the year. Let Russ Cook is, is scheduled yeah. to be on the cover of Time Magazine this week. We're already giving him the MVP. Oh. How do you not know this is what's coming? <laughs> and Wilds, special teams were a travesty again. They were awful in week two. It got over, overshadowed because yep. they recovered the onside kick. They got safety because of special teams errors. They, let two, they missed one extra point and had another one blocked. And they, in the biggest spots, they come up the smallest. I... This is, this is partially coaching. This is partially guys on the defense not knowing what the hell to do and not being able to execute it. But this is a disaster for the Cowboys, not to lose to Seattle, but to lose in the most predictable way possible because they let these speedsters get behind them. And on fourth and three, they let Greg Olson have a 15-yard radius around him of green grass. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've got a question for you, Brandon. How am I supposed to view Dak's game? This is the, the problem with, like, pay Dak his money. Another huge game, yeah. a ton of yards. But then you have a play like this that, we, that will go down in the stat sheet as a completion when this is a, a pivotal interception that <laughs> he basically the game. So as a fan, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to, to judge this? I'm going to say Dak played great, or are you counting this as another <laughs> interception, although it's not officially an interception on the books? I mean, you can turn on every game on Sunday and you'll see plays like this. When I was with Drew Brees, no, you, I, you know, I was taken aback by, 
Yes, you will. When I played with Drew Brees, I was taken aback by how he just threw it into coverage. And there was three, four guys around, and Mike Thomas just made it an outstanding play. But it was easily a play that could have went the other way. I mean, this is just the National Football League. Things happen. I think their team should be happy. Dak Prescott is playing well. You look at the stat sheet, okay. well, and you see three turnovers, but two I was, on, the, two was on, on, on his teammates. <laughs> So uh, can I just, Nick, I want to ask you a question, because that's an interesting point that I wanted to bring up. We talked last week about what a moral victory is. It doesn't really count in the stats sheets or in the books, but for the Patriots last week, maybe they got a moral victory. You go up against a really good Seahawks team, or who we thought had it, we, you know, we have great quarterback, MVP running, mm -hmm. Russell Wilson. This is a good team, yeah. a good test for the Dallas Cowboys, and they come this close despite those three turnovers. Do you walk away from this team if you're a Cowboy fan? Well, that was sort of a moral win, a moral victory for no. us. That's one of the no. tougher teams. The Cowboys supposed face. to be supposed oh, to be a no. Super Bowl contender. Sorry to, sorry to jump you, Jenna. It's a legitimate question, and I know other people are going to be asking it. My reaction isn't to you. It's just to the idea of that. No, of course. For, Seattle's defense is dreadful, okay? So, like, we, we, we saw how the Patriots kind of dink and dunk the ball down the field in their game this week. They're throwing the ball all over the field against Seattle. Dak is supposed to be able to make these big plays with the defensive breakdowns that Seattle had. And I'm not putting this on Dak. The three turnovers are abysmal, and I think Brandon's being nice in putting two of them on his teammates. I, I think receivers tend to blame. R R Brandon ran, for the audience that doesn't remember, no, it was Brandon ran amazing yeah. routes and was big and strong and boxed people out. So when other guys don't do that, he more often is to blame the receiver. That Amari Cooper, I trust you, ran a bad route. That also is not a great ball by Dak. Yeah. And it's the one thing you can't do in that spot last minute of the half is turn the ball over. But the Cow the Patriots had all these opt-outs. They got a new quarterback. They, they're, they're, they have the same weapons last year. They, are, they were not supposed to be a 12-win team. They also came into this game, that game last week, 1-0. The Cowboys lost week one, Brandon, damn near and maybe should have lost week two, and then they let Seattle beat them. Here's the biggest problem, Brandon. They didn't make Seattle go to their second pitch. They let Seattle do exactly what they wanted to do, Brandon, the entire game. That's what's got to be the most frustrating for the I think, Cowboys. I think the most frustrating thing is this team can easily be 3-0, and and they can easily be 0-3. But these are easy yep, yep. fixes. They got to do two things. And right now we're talking about, oh, are, they, are these overreactions? Now we're getting to the part of the season where these, are, these things are starting to become trends. And the trend that they're showing is two things. One, from a secondary standpoint, they, can, they, can't, they can't cover. And they give up the deep ball. Can't you can't win it. like that. And, 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 the, and the biggest thing is the turnover. Like, that's the first thing we talk about when we enter into the National Football League. Job security, ball security is job security, yours and mine. Let me say that again. Ball security is job security, yours and mine. You can't do that. And those are the two trends right now that they can easily fix, but it starts with the coach standing right. in front of that team and saying, look, guys, we got to correct this right now. All right, well, Dak didn't do what Aaron Rodgers did yesterday and did and did. Rodgers was special, and now the Packers are too. It's next. First things first. For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, 
Home might also be where you do your hiring. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. No matter where you're hiring from, ZipRecruiter does the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, First Things First listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter.com approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash future of work. Russell Wilson was cooking up a five-course meal yesterday against the Cowboys. One course for each touchdown pass he threw. That's one plus one plus one plus one plus one. That's five. Russ, mm. the first player ever with 14 touchdowns in the first three games. Mr. Brandon Marshall, the most impressive performance, though, on Sunday was blank. Oh, so many ways you can go here. I love the rookie, Justin Jefferson. He went off. Got to show some receiver love. Uh, Stephon Diggs went off. But you know what? I'm going to go to the veteran. I'm going to go to a place where nobody wants to go. Nobody wants to travel to the kicking game. Steven Goskowski, six for six. He struggled week one. Oh, yeah, he struggled last year. He struggled week one, Monday night football. And then he is the difference in this game. And we got to show more love to kickers. They are players and no, they are no, essential. Don't. No, we don't. Listen, okay, Brandon, <laughs> I, I adore you, man. But I love Brandon's like, you know what? There's a place no one's going to want to go. Certainly no one's going to want to go on television. And that is a day after all this great NFL. Let me pull out Goskowski. Like, there's a reason. We didn't even yeah. play highlights. Our guys are like, do we even want to cut field goal highlights? No, we don't. Just let them say it and keep it moving. All right, so I'm going to go with somebody else. Most impressive performance. Nick Foles coming on for Mitch Trubisky Ooh. for my Chicago yes. Bears, who I picked one. to go 12 and 4 this year, down 16 points against the Atlanta Falcons. Nick Foles throws three touchdowns. Actually, if you watch this game, he threw five, five. touchdowns. First drive yeah. through a touchdown gets overturned. Third drive through a touchdown gets overturned. Doesn't matter. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. As the Atlanta Falcons continue to set themselves on fire in new and exciting ways, the Bears are 3-0. Oh, Trubisky, you're out. Foles, you're in. He was outstanding. That was the most impressive performance this Sunday. Kevin Wilds. Oh, I was going with your buddy Odell Beckham, Nick. Not only did he have a okay game receiving, play great defense, saved Baker and INT, throws it up to uh, throws it up to Odell. Odell bats Save it down. Him. Now watch after the play. Yep. Gives him the Matumbo. No, no, no. You can't. <laughs> like, buddy, 
That was for you. You don't celebrate a great defensive play. No way. Don't try to throw on me. Odell Beckham. Don't do it. Great defense by Odell. All right. That made me laugh. Uh, over to Dak Prescott now. He came about this close to leading the Cowboys to another epic come-from-behind win, but just one too many costly turnovers. Brandon, the most disappointing performance on Sunday was blank. Kyler Murray. Man. I mean, you set the bar high. You, you could potentially yeah. be in a race for MVP. You are in a track race with Russell Wilson to win this division, and you go out and you throw three picks. This can't happen. It's a trend. You heard me say it already on this show. I'll continue to say it all year. You cannot win in this league if you turn the ball over. Come on, Kyler. You're playing way too good to do this. Also, Brandon, I'm going to add to that. Maybe just more important than the Cardinals' record, my record. I get out five picks every week, four and one. The one was the Cardinals. Come on, Kyler. You're going to let the fighting no. Matt Patricia yeah. prevent you from going three and oh and prevent me from going five and oh against the spread? Come on, Kyler. But I'm going to go with someone who didn't lose this week, except for the full confidence and faith of his locker room, which I'm sure he lost. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. The hell you doing, man? You're 0-2. You have a 4th and 12. There's 19 seconds left. You have so many good options. You can throw to the sideline. You can throw over the middle and try to go up and spike it as long as it goes at least 12 yards. You can just throw a heave to the end zone. Time out. Time out. Time out. Jenna, Jenna, can we make that a... No, no, I'm not. Jenna, can we make this a segment? What the hell you doing, man? Can we make that a segment? (laughs) Oh, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. It'll be a different coach every week, one of these doofuses. You're playing for the tie? You're punting with 19 seconds left in overtime at 0-2? They didn't lose. Get the hell out of here. Doug Peterson. Most disappointing. Uh, that was terrible. Uh, it was terrible. Uh, I went on? with um, I went with DK Metcalf, uh, Jenna. Here's the thing. You know I don't like halfway measures. So if you want to secure the ball and bring it into the end zone, great. Yeah. If you want to celebrate, you know, go up to the line and like pretend to pull him back in. I'm all for that. But just don't halfway it. And by the way, it's not Leon Lett. Leon Lett was a defensive tackle ran 65 yards in the Super Bowl. This is just a random screw up. Leave Leon Lett out of this. You know everyone was thinking that. Uh, On to New Orleans, where Drew Brees and the Saints are one and two and searching for some answers. Not the juggernaut on offense this season that we've come so used to seeing down there. But, Brandon, the biggest overreaction this morning will be blank. Yeah, yeah. Josh Allen should be in the MVP discussion right now. On September 2nd, at 7.30 a.m., I want the record to reflect that, okay? I chose oh, it's been uh, uh, been Russell Wilson, there we go, to, to win the MVP race. Look, this guy's playing really well, and he could be the one that challenged Russell Wilson. He has more combined passing yards than all the guys that was drafted uh, his year, Rosen, Mayfield, and then also Sam Darnold. This guy's playing hot. This team is scary. NFL, look out. Okay. Okay. So that's a good answer, and I am not someone that likes to go on television and call for one person to be fired. I think it's unfair. You never want to be in that position. But I have no problem going on television and calling for three people to be fired. 
Adam Gase, goodbye. <laughs> Dan Quinn should have been last year. Dave Gettleman, your team got blown out by the JV Niners. You built that roster. All three of y'all, it is an overreaction not to fire them. It is an uh, it is an overreaction if Adam we got 10% unemployment in this Double country. Negative. How do these three guys still have jobs? Riddle me that, America. I don't know. The biggest overreaction, not firing Gase. That team is a train wreck. Dan Quinn inventing new ways to lose. And Dave Gettleman, Wilds, I'm not blaming Joe Judge. He might have built the worst roster we have seen in the NFL in 30 years. And Gettleman's yeah, fingerprints bad. are all over it. So the biggest overreaction is those doing, guys continuing man? employment. What? 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 Are you what? ready to move oh, on from uh, your Brandon buddy Danny in? Dimes? Oh. No, oh, yeah. no, I've been Danny my Dimes. Buddy. Are you ready to move on? He's the most turnover-prone player in the history of pro football, Wilds. He's okay. the most turnover. Right, Jenna, the tennis balls on the hands aren't helping him yeah, yeah, on his pitch plays hey, to Evan Ingram. Hey. They're not helping him on his interceptions. The Giants may like, both may, be may. in the running for Trevor Lawrence next year. Those two quarterbacks better watch yeah. out. Go Ooh, ahead, Wilds. Absolutely. Oh. Oh, I don't want to fire Dan Quinn. I, I think Dan Quinn's been doing all right. They've been in, they've been in these games. It's a little LeBron-esque, Jenna. It's like, hey, you can't loot, you can't blow a lead unless you got a big old lead. We're getting out to big leads. We just need to finish it. So I actually like Dan Quinn. Yeah, he gave up. Uh, he had a 98 win a probability take, in both Nick. fourth quarters. Man, give him okay. another week. What's give the him chance it's going to happen three times? Yeah, give him a week against Aaron Rodgers. Let's see how it goes. I, I actually like it. <laughs> was that? Was, oh, that was the answer. Okay, let's move on to tonight's big game. Patty Mahomes and the defending Super Bowl champs, Chiefs. This is going to be great. Traveling to Baltimore to take on Lamar and the Ravens. Star-studded matchup tonight. All right, Brandon, the player you're most excited to watch in tonight's Chiefs-Ravens matchup is blank. Oh, not a player. It's a combo. I think this is going to be the difference in tonight's game. It's going to be Mark Andrews and then also Lamar Jackson. That's going to be the difference. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go with the right answer, Patrick Mahomes. Why would anyone say anyone other than uh -huh. Mahomes? Maybe Lamar, but what is Wilds? Like, I assume you're gonna have the same answer as me. Like, what's what? What else? Nobody. Could the Bill, be? Bill Belichick. Remember, remember Darren Waller last Bill Monday Belichick. night. He ran for. Uh, he had 12 yeah. carries for 105 yards. Like Darren Waller, yeah. Monday Night Football. Well, guess what? Whatever you see tonight from the Chiefs, you're not going to see on Sunday when they play Bill Belichick. So oh I'll be God. watching what Belichick is watching. Why'd we even do this question? Why'd we even do this question? Short the... week for you. All right, let's talk some Packers now. How scary is this Green Bay offense with Aaron Rodgers firing on every last cylinder? It's next. It's first things yeah. first. Sunday on Fox, it is a star-studded showdown in Big D. Baker Mayfield and the Browns take on Dak and the boys, or you may catch the Giants against the Rams. Check your local listings for the game in your area, or watch it all on the Fox Sports app. Back to our top story this morning. Sunday Night Football, two great teams, Packers Saints, two great quarterbacks, Rodgers Brees, both missing their star receivers. But last night, it was Green Bay's offense, which looked great for the third straight week. Rodgers threw three touchdowns to help the Packers win and remain undefeated 3-0 on the season. Here is Green Bay's quarterback on the Packers' hot start. You know, again, I, I've said it a lot, but I just feel... I feel so much more comfortable in the offense this year. And I think Matt, uh, you know, has really settled into the rhythm of the play calling. And it's, you know, it's made my job, uh, my job a lot easier.
quarterback mm. Michael Vick joins us now. Mike, how scary is this Packers offense when Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are clicking the way they seem to me? That whole offense is clicking. Well, it's very scary, and it's going to continue to be scary, uh, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers talking about how comfortable he is. And I can guarantee you this, throughout the week on Tuesdays, uh, on the day off when Aaron Rodgers goes into that facility, him and Matt LaFleur sits down and they talk about what Aaron is comfortable with. And Aaron can draw from all those experiences that, that he's had in the past uh, in terms of play calling with Mike McCarthy, um, any other offensive coordinator or offensive mind that he's been around. And they can pull plays from everywhere along with the things that Matt LaFleur likes to do. So the offense is going to continue to expand, and it's the reason why they've scored 30-plus points uh, the last the last three games, or all three games this season, is because of the comfort level of Aaron Rodgers. And any quarterback could tell you, year two was always better than year one. I played in multiple systems, and the second year I was always more comfortable. We might not have won as many games, um, but I knew exactly, you know, what needed to be done in the offense, and I was much more comfortable running and orchestrating the offense. So. Uh, it's going to. It's only going to get better for the Green Bay Packers because they're going to build off each and every win. They're going to build off each and every play call that they've had success with, and they surely kept New Orleans off balance last night. Mike, Mike, let's go to Atlanta. When you had the braids and uh, you were in your prime, and you were just on top of the world, just think about if a coach came in and he said, "You know what, Mike? We, we, you know you're not coachable." Uh, we're going to be hard on you this year. How would you take that in year one? You know, like, you got to think about that. That's uh, well, where I, Aaron Rodgers in this order. No, yeah, um, so in 2004, uh, they introduced the West Coast system, and all the coaches from San Francisco, Greg Knapp, Jim Moore, they all came. And, uh, you know, we totally just canned everything that I learned with Dan Reeves from, for the first two years uh, of, of my career. And... It was difficult, but I knew in order to get better and in order to have success, I had to learn every single thing that that offense was about. So, you know, I kind of just threw my ego out the window and, uh, you know, I, I paid yeah, but think close about what attention you just said. You, but, but think about what you just said. You threw your ego out the window. We didn't see that last year. So, I, And when you look at the game last night, Aaron Rodgers is smiling after yeah. every play. He was getting sacked. He was getting He's hit and point. getting up and smiling. Guy catch a, a five-yard out and was and he was smiling. Yeah, he's having fun because I, I I think we have to note that and, and we got to think about where they were just a year ago that, yeah, they look good on, you know, in the record uh, when you look at the stats and everything, but from a chemistry standpoint, it didn't seem like it, it was there. Now, from an X's and O's standpoint, I think Chris Collinsworth did a great job last night showing you why this team is deadly. Why this offense can go down as one of the greatest offense um, we have seen, you know, may maybe ever. One of the greatest. I'm not time. saying the greatest, but one of the greatest. And, and the reason why is because look at Aaron Jones and the maturation of him going into year four. This guy's one of the best mm -hmm. running backs in the NFL. So you can run the ball. And then they're doing the same thing in the passing game that they're doing in the run game. And Chris Ro Collinsworth did a, a masterful job of showing you this. If the run is working to this side and you keep going to this side and then you're yep. creating a behavior in the defense to continue to flow to that Play guy. Action. 
there's some offenses that then play action to the opposite side. What are you doing? You just trained everybody to flow this way. And Aaron yeah. Rodgers, Matt LaFleur is doing a great job of marrying the running game and the passing game, and that's why they're so deadly, because they can run, they have play action, and they have multiple receivers that can catch the ball down the field. And, and I'll take a step further, Brandon. It's Matt LaFleur's concepts with Aaron Rodgers' instincts. So Matt LaFleur is calling the plays, designing the offense, and Absolutely. then Aaron Rodgers going to the line of scrimmage and saying, okay, are we going to stick with plan A? Do I need to go to plan B? Are we going to stick with plan A, but I'm going to mix in 10 seconds of hard count in this dead silent stadium and make it almost impossible for the pass rush to either get off or get a free play? Like, so right now, everything is working in perfect symbiosis. And Brandon, you mentioned, you know, could it be one of the best offenses in modern NFL history? I don't know if they have the overall talent for that, but they do have the upcoming schedule for it. Three of their next four, Atlanta, yeah. that'll be a disaster for the Falcons. The Texans, they have a train wreck of a defense. And then, oh wait, there's the Minnesota Vikings, who might have somehow, yeah. all of a sudden, the worst secondary in the whole NFC. So like, this is a team that's averaging 41 points per game and is going to be able to keep clicking, which is to me going to lead to a competent Aaron Rodgers, Jenna. And with Aaron Rodgers feeling like this, the chip on his shoulder, last year they were this close to the Super Bowl, but really this close to the Super Bowl because they weren't as right. good as San Francisco, but now the Niners are banged up. The Packers are really, really dangerous right now, Jenna. So if the Packers come out of last night with confidence, how do you think the Saints are feeling? Where do they go from here? Here's Sean Payton after New Orleans dropped their second straight game. Take a listen. You know, we're one and two right now, and uh, it's been a while since we've felt that, and yet three years ago we were 0-2. Oh so, you know, a little bit of a gut check, and, and yet we're not playing, playing well enough. You know, let's not fool ourselves. Um, we're making too many mistakes, and, and we're not playing um, we're not playing disciplined enough on both sides of the ball, and that that's really just the truth. Look, Brandon, we had a couple questions coming into this game in, in about, about this team. It, which Drew Brees were we going to see? And we, we did see a, a, a better Drew Brees last night, but that offense and that defense especially left a lot of questions. How worried should yeah. Saints fans be this morning after what they saw last night? This game or, or this season? Remember, we had this discussion before the season even started. And, and what we talked about and one of the things I threw out there was, you know, I'm not concerned about them in the regular season. What I'm concerned about is when they get to the postseason and everyone has the playbook and know how to stop this team. And what I said was, all they do is go to 41 and 13. Alvin Kamara yep. and Mike Thomas. Alvin Kamara is, I mean, it. Mike Thomas is not there now that he's being exposed. He is so uncomfortable throwing to anyone else. It's unbelievable. I don't understand it. I don't get it. A lot of people ripped me for this, but I couldn't understand why their team is set up this way because they have the offense. They have the philosophy. They have the quarterback. They have the play caller. They have the creativity to get other guys involved. If you look at the first three weeks, 43% of, of their targets went to those two guys. Week two, it was like 42, and week three, or yesterday, 
of the offense went through Kamara. Like, are you that uncomfortable to get other guys involved, Coach Payton? Are you that uncomfortable to step back and let it rip Drew Brees? There were so many times where Sanders was open on a 20-yard end yeah. cut. They set up they set up the play action perfectly. So I don't understand it. I think everyone in New Orleans should be worried. Uh, uh, Drew just looks so uncomfortable. And even when this guy gets back, Mike Thomas gets back, he's coming back from a high ankle sprain. He's still, that's going to be a lagging, uh, a nagging injury for the next couple of weeks. I think most importantly uh, for the Saints is that the schedule lightens up for them, and that's something that they should be yep. thankful for. But, but like Brandon said, the Michael Thomas effect has been real. I honestly thought that Emmanuel Sanders could be plugged in some of those spots, and they can take advantage of the things that he can do, and, and the offense can not really miss a beat the way it has uh, since Michael Thomas went down. So I can't remember a team that had a, such a, um, a dismal effect after losing a star player um, because you got Alvin Kamara and you got Mike, you got Manuel Sanders, and you, you still got other guys that you can utilize in order to make the offense move uh, accordingly, and, and it's just not showing up. Um, and, you know, it was very sloppy on defense, and, you know, t overall, the, the total team effort, uh, it just wasn't there last night. It wasn't enough to beat the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. and, and Mike is absolutely right. Their next three are the Lions, the Chargers, and the Panthers. So even if they don't get things fixed, they should look better. But in the meantime, Wilds, I got one piece of advice for Sean Payton. Take your Taysom Hill package, put it in a drawer, <laughs> and lock it. Stop. I was so mad Stop at that last this. night. I was so mad at that. Insane. So mad. They, you get the biggest play of the game is the stop on Come fourth on. down. And it's like, hey, here's our 30-year-old gadget quarterback with 180 career you, passing Nick. yards. Come on down, and, and now you lose. So, Kevin, I know you have a good relationship okay. with Sean Payton. Text him. Stop with Taysom I will. Stop it. It's got to stop. I don't stop. know. As soon as I... I actually root for him to fail just to get you fired up. I feel like they paid him so much money. Like, ah, we got we got to use Taysom Hill, guys. We paid him a lot of money. It's like a, a nice piece of silverware in your house. Like, I guess we spent all this money on this. We should break it out at Thanksgiving, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we got to switch gears, talk some basketball right now. After over 12 weeks in the bubble down there in Orlando, we got ourselves an NBA Finals matchup. We're going to tell you how LeBron feels about it next. First things first. Back here, first things first. The NBA Finals are finally set. As many predicted, the Lakers will rep the West that after they closed out the Nuggets. As few predicted, mm. the Heat coming out of the East that after Jimmy Butler helped close out the Celtics yesterday. A hungry LeBron James had this to say after the game on Saturday. It don't mean expletive unless I get it done. I got to get it done. Chris Broussard is with us now to help preview the NBA Finals. But, Nick, let me start with you. Do you agree with LeBron that making the Finals is meaningless without a championship? Oh, this year for LeBron, yes. He's got the best team. And thankfully for LeBron, they're going to win the championship. So let's talk about how they got here for a moment. Because we're going to have plenty of time to preview this series. <laughs> past it. Uh, the... <laughs> You know what I see floating around me? You guys aren't where I'm at right now, but what I see floating around me? The yes. ghosts of narratives past. He won't do it out west. He's going to L.A. for the movies. The Blazers present real problems. 
Oh, yeah. the like Nuggets have him right where they want him. And my favorite one, <laughs> this is Kawhi's city now. And guess what just happened? He gentlemen swept the conference. The tougher conference, age 35, year 17, no home games, gentlemen sweep, gentlemen sweep, gentlemen sweep. And how does he culminate the final gentleman sweep? With a nearly perfect playoff game. 38, 16, and 10. More fourth quarter points by himself than Paul George and Kawhi had second half points combined in their meltdown against these Nuggets. And uh, reminded those out there that ever had any doubt, oh yeah, there's a rule. There's a few, you know, there's rules, there's death, there's taxes, and there's this. If LeBron James is healthy and you want to win a title, you got to go through him and he'll meet you at the finals and we'll see how it goes. So, yeah, listen, Broussard, they got to win the title, but they're going to win the title just like they were always going to make the finals, just like LeBron was always going to remind everyone he's still the best player in the world and the gap between one and two is bigger than the gap between two and ten right now. Oh. Nick, just about everything you said was right on the money, except the West narrative. The notion that everybody was saying, oh, LeBron couldn't do it in the West. And yeah, there was a little of that, but you act like, and this is to take absolutely nothing away from LeBron, but you act like he went to the Lakers by himself. Okay? He no, did just add a top five player in Anthony Davis, okay? So this notion that LeBron's in LeBron LA by teammates. himself, by himself, no, it's not. But I'm just saying, we're acting like LeBron just went to the Lakers with Rodney Hood and, and Kyle Korver and the guy, George Hill, the guys he was playing with in Cleveland, and won the West. No, he added Anthony Davis. Takes nothing away from LeBron. But just that's a part of the narrative, too. Now, LeBron sure. knows the deal. He's right on the money. Nick's right. They're going to win it. But LeBron's right in saying it don't mean jack if we lose. When you've been to the finals nine times, especially when you've lost six, getting back means nothing. This, if LeBron somehow didn't win this championship, it would be oh, one of the worst, biggest upsets in NBA history. It would be rival the Dallas loss in 2011 as the worst of LeBron's career, if not surpass the Dallas loss. That's how overwhelmingly favored the Lakers are because they've got the two best players in the, in the series by a mile. They've got the most experienced roster by a mile. They've got the more talented roster. They were the better team all year. They're facing a freaking fifth seed from the East. This would be a colossal yeah. failure if LeBron yeah. and the Lakers didn't win but, it, and they will win it. But, but, yeah, but luckily they will win it. And, Brandon, I do think we have gotten to such an odd place with LeBron where we are just glossing over. In his last nine healthy years, he's made the finals every single year. He just made his 10th yeah. finals. That ties Kareem, and it's only behind Bill Russell and Sam Jones, who played for the Celtics in the 60s when there were eight teams in the league. What he, what he just accomplished by itself before he wins the championship is all time. And to do it in a playoff series where he's averaging 26, 10, and 9, a playoff run, I should say, on 54% shooting, 
should be impossible for anyone, let alone a guy with almost 60,000 career minutes, Brandon. Yeah, but isn't, isn't that the debate? But isn't that why, you know, why this is even a discussion? It's not about what LeBron said in this moment. It's about the discussion over his entire career. You know, when you look at all his accolades, four-time MVP, three-time champ, 16-time uh, All-NBA, 16-time All-Star, you can go on and on and on. There's so many accolades. And for him, it's always about, you know, can you win a championship? Like this chase to, to six, chasing Michael Jordan. So when, 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 when we look at this, I really think we got to look at it in the lens of like breaking down his entire career. Ten times making it to the finals, that's not the mission. Is it great? Yes. Is he one of the most consistent athletes that we have ever seen? Yes. But LeBron James, and, and this is not a knock on him, he should be proud sure. that he's put himself in this position with his hard work and, and, and then his, his approach to the game and his approach to life. But LeBron James, he should be you know, five times, six times uh, uh, a champ. And I think that's what we need to take this, this, this discussion because anything outside of that, I don't think we can put him in the category of Michael Jordan. Now, if he wins this one, now we're talking like, okay, there's no discussion because I do believe with AD and if AD stick around, I think they can get another one. And if that happens, he's the greatest of all time. Sure. Oh, he's already the greatest okay. of all time. But uh, I guess I don't I'll throw agree. it to you, Nick. Slow down. Slow down, Nick. Uh, no, I, I, I just don't. Look, if he wins this one, which he should, he'll be four and six. So it's, it's fine, but I don't think it really moves the GOAT conversation one iota. I don't think, Nick, honestly, not one person from the Jordan camp is going to say, oh, four. Well, is that more than six? No. Okay, then I'm not moving. You're not going to move one Jordan person over, and I think it's kind of foolish to think that you're going well, then, to. Then, then, then Kareem's the greatest player ever. Then stop it. Then, then stop it. Because Kareem's got the How? same number of firsts and more skits. Kareem's got six rings, and he also went to the finals four additional times. And Kareem's got he more points. The best and Kareem's got more MVPs. And oh, okay, he's got he the best six league MVPs. Sure, he's just got six league MVPs more than anybody, but nobody makes that argument. This, I'm not, I am not going to spend this morning counting the rings. It is an old, trite argument because Michael Jordan, the statue that still exists in Chicago outside of the old United Center, do you know what it says? The greatest to ever do it. That was put on That's there right. when he had three rings. Because folks watched him and were like, damn, he's just better than everyone. But Magic's got five. So what? But Bird's got three. Shut up, Jordan's better. But Kareem's got six. Russell has 11. Doesn't matter, Jordan's better. That was the narrative in 1994 when he had three. The idea that when LeBron is about to win a title with L.A., uh, and, and folks can gloss over the fact, Broussard, that the narrative was... Oh, he's no longer that focused on winning. He's focused more on his family being happy and movies and the TV shows and his new version of Plinko with Maverick on NBC. That, that was all out there. That, he's focused on Space Jam. And now he's going to win the title. And because it's the only card you have to play, if, if you're, if the only card they have to play is uh, six rings. Six rings. I don't listen. Six rings. It's the only card Nick, left. Because wait, not, who's that's not, yeah, the, that's not, not the only. That's not the only it's card. You're talking been. about Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Well, I mean, when, when you're right, when you talk about Jordan's statue outside the United Center, you're right. After three rings, people knew this is the greatest we've ever seen. It's not just about the rings. I look at Michael Jordan's game versus LeBron James' game, and I say Jordan's better. Jordan did not have any weaknesses. I don't want to... I don't want to diminish LeBron I mean, at all, but there's weaknesses. The free throw shooting, the mid-range jump shooting. The, now he's fitting into the system better as the strictly the point guard, but those are things that are weaknesses. I can't point to one weakness in Michael Jordan's game, and no one can. Handle. Handle was a little weak when Nick Anderson right. ripped him, but we don't did count it, that. Did it his handle count. ever hurt him? Yeah, they lost that playoff series. That really was to the a Magic, weakness? But that doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, they lost that playoff series. They he, lost. And he quit let twice. Let LeBron take a year off to go play someone. baseball <laughs> and see no, how no, he comes He'll just back. keep playing his sport. Or football. No, no, no. He won't quit and rest. He won't, no, no, no. He'll just keep playing his sport, keep making the finals, and keep making the Jordan folks look sillier and sillier. That's all he'll do. Just 10 bucks. And Silly. with that, That's we finally the settled the LeBron-Michael Jordan debate. It took a Propaganda's while, but we finally got there. All right, again, Wild's wife. NBA Finals, Game 1, Lakers Heat, all set for Wednesday night. Hey, can the Cowboys <laughs> pin yesterday's loss on Dak Prescott? Take a turn, talk some football. We'll dig in next. First things first. Uh, he and the Patriots rolled over the Raiders yesterday. Big second half Here from the Patriots' go. rushing attack. Not the super stat line we saw from Cam the first two weeks, but another win for New England nonetheless. That's kind of what they do. Brandon, were you surprised the Patriots were able to handle the Raiders with a subpar performance from <laughs> Cam Newton yesterday? You know, I wasn't. It reminded me of my time in New York playing for the Jets and also with the Dolphins and seeing them twice a year um, and then also playing in the AFC. And, and you know, when you go into Foxborough, you got to be near perfect to come out with a win. And I know Tom Brady isn't there. You know, before the game, you see him run out and, and run to the end zone and do his little fist pump with two other quarterbacks trailing. And then the muskets go off and you're like, wow, that's Tom Brady. That's the GOAT. You know, but he's not there. Okay. But Bill Belichick is and, and when Bill Belichick is there you know exactly what you're going to get you're going to get a well-prepared team they're going to play great situational football they're going to play great on special teams they're not going to beat themselves so when you saw Cam do that I said you know what this could be interesting but then when you looked on the other side of the ball you had the Oakland Raiders turn it over three times and that reminded me of a time when we were actually in Foxborough, when I was playing for the Jets. We had an opportunity to go up two scores and pretty much put them, put them out of the game. And I had an opportunity to catch this back shoulder, which would have pretty much solidified the game. I dropped it. And I remember walking back to the sideline, sitting down and just thinking to myself, this game is over. I just blew the team. That was my opportunity to win the game, and I lost it. And people were looking at me like, Brandon, are you okay? And I was just in this deep phase, uh, haze because I was just thinking about that moment. And what happened? Tom Brady drove his team down, won the game, and then I was on a plane ride home just so disappointed in myself. One of my lowest moments ever because I had an opportunity to go in Foxborough and do something that's damn near impossible. There's nothing better than going into a game and not having to do everything. And I think that's what Cam... Uh, had, had, you know, at his disposal yesterday, he didn't have to go out and be Superman. He didn't have to go out and throw three touchdowns. He didn't have to go and rush for 150 yep. yards. 
It was a total team effort on both sides of the ball, and that's what you're going to get from the New England Pages. And we all we always talked about the offense for the first, you know, three weeks of the season. Now let's talk a little bit about the defense because the Oakland Raiders and Derek Carr, they was hot. You know, they was hot. They they beat the New Orleans Saints, and they won in week one, and they looked really good, and everybody was praising Gruden in the offense, and they come into Foxborough, and they didn't get it done. So it was the total team effort, if you ask me, and that's what Cam can benefit from. This is what this team is going to benefit from. That's why I got them as AFC contenders, and you got to take them serious. Correct. Mm. Wilds. Wilds. Yeah, buddy. This right here, <laughs> this is the benefit of having the GOAT coach. It's just, and it's irritating <laughs> if you root for any other team. It's like, hey, Darren yep. Waller. He's an unbelievable story. The, the best player on Monday Night Football. Did he play yesterday? Erased. Might as well. Did, not, right. Did I he mean, play? he did, I didn't know. but barely. Listen, I, I haven't been grinding <laughs> Raiders tape, but Belichick and McDaniels obviously were. And guess what they figured out? This team is susceptible in the screen game, and they can't defend the run. So guess what? We're going to throw a thousand of those annoying, stupid little screens to Burkhead and we're going to hand <laughs> yeah. the ball off to Sony Michelle again and again and we're not going to stop doing it and this is what makes Belichick nope. so and McDaniel so good it's they don't there's no ego to it it's like do we need a second pitch well let's see if they can hit the curveball first and they just throw it again and again and again and they wear you down I mean the Raiders were 2-0 and yep. coming off a win over the Saints and they look terrible even though Cam didn't even play well and it's just same he old Patriots fine. in a good way, and and it's so irritating, Wilds. It's just I'm just so done Why? with it. I, I, it's because I'm. <laughs> it, it's just irritating. It's just enough. It's just a, a total masterpiece. This. A, a total masterpiece. You know, there's a saying in New England: "Do your job." And that Cam Newton didn't have to go crazy. He didn't have to run for, you know, 100 yards. You remember that commercial, uh, the Michael Vick experience? Mike, you remember that commercial? You were in it. And you had to uh, no run through everything, and you're spinning around, and it's like the most chaotic thing. You're like, oh, my God. Imagine being Michael Vick on a day-to-day. -day. Like, buy these sneakers. They got Velcro on them. And I did. If, if there was a Cam Newton, Bill Belichick experience, just like, eh, you know, just hand the ball off. It'd be a very boring commercial, which is what we want. We ran for 250 yards. Rip Burkett had three TDs. Nice and easy. Now, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I'm leaning back. That's why I'm so far back, everybody. Uh, now, I'm interested in next week. We're going to start this week, Nick. I don't know if we want to have a bet of some sort, but we're headed to Arrowhead, and Bill Belichick's got no his DVR set. Maybe, maybe even has the, uh, probably has a DVR set. Watch this Chiefs game. So whatever you guys plan on doing tonight, you're about to get Darren Waller yourself. Plan on, you, you want Sammy Watkins to have a good game? Go ahead, because it's not going to happen on Sunday, my friend. I'm very excited. It's too, listen. Wow. Cheers, it's, everybody. I, I want to throw it back to Mike, because it's too early to talk Chiefs-Patriots, and the reason the Chiefs aren't the Raiders is you take away our Darren Waller, who's better than Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill's still there to beat you. You take away Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins still there to beat you. We don't have to talk about the Chiefs okay. part of it, but I'll <laughs> let Mike go ahead on what the, like, the because I thought Wild's point was a really interesting one, Mike, which is as the quarterback, when you don't have to do the full Mike Vick experience and you still win the game easily, it's got to be such a reassuring feeling going into every game. I mean, some of my 
better games and, and better times in my career was when I didn't have to go and be, you know, Superman, when I didn't have to go and win the game myself. And it gave me comfort in knowing that I don't have to go into next week and I don't have to, you know, put on a stellar performance because, you know, at the end of the day, we all getting paid and we all professionals and somebody got to pick up the slack when it's a time in need. And, you know, I, I used to lean on that sometimes, but, you know, I always wanted to stay ahead of the schedule. I always wanted to try to keep us ahead of the eight ball and, you know, put points on the board to cover, you know, and make sure that the defense was in a comfortable situation. But if it was the other way around, you know, I, I would love it to have it that way too. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's a team game. And now we know, you know, after watching yesterday's game, why Tom Brady has six rings and Bill Belichick together because they beat the teams that they supposed to beat. You know, they take advantage of, you know, the things that teams don't do well and they exploit you. And and that's what that's what happens. So, you know, anytime you've got you know, great coaching, you know, at your disposal, you got to take advantage of it. You got to do what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, and Cam is benefiting from that. I mean, for me, the only reason why I'm surprised that Cam kind of, you know, took a step back is because of the, 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 the showing that he had against Russell Wilson uh, and the Seattle Seahawks. Like, no one expected him to look like that. I know I didn't, not because I don't believe in Cam, but because Cam took a year off. And because usually a guy like that, they hit midseason stride around like week six, week seven. So for him to come out in week two and look the way he did, uh, that's why it was surprising to me to see him not as fluid in an offense. But to your point, Mike um, and, and Nick, you know, when you have Bill Belichick and you have a total team around you, you know, you, you can afford to have but, games like that. You can afford to have plays like that. And it wasn't like he played terrible. He just missed no, a few no. things. And, like and you go Jenna, from being lights out yeah no he didn't I'm lose sorry, the game. It, just, it just speaks to and, and it speaks to the patriots jenna we're talking about how great the offense looked against seattle they scored 30 against seattle talked about how bad the offense yeah. looked yesterday they scored 36 points how the hell you have that game you scored 36 points it didn't even look that good i yeah, really yeah. really yeah. don't yeah. like your team wilds thank god thank <laughs> god the celtics <laughs> found a way like to underachieve again I'd be I, really I know it's too soon, man. but it's going to be fun to preview a little Patriots Chiefs coming up in week four, but we'll yep. pump the brakes yep. on that just a second. Uh, hey, guys, can we please toss yet another name in the half for MVP this season? Aaron Rodgers making quite a case for himself no. in the early going. Packers, Russell, Saints, no. next. Yes, yes, my friend, next. <laughs> Sunday on Fox. It is star-studded showdown in Big D. Baker Mayfield and the Browns taking on Dak and the Cowboys. Or you may catch the Giants versus the Rams. Check your local listings for the game in your area or watch it all on the Fox Sports app. Back here talking Sunday night football. Packers Saints, Rogers Breeze, two teams with high expectations this season. But last night... Green Bay proved that they are the team to beat. The Packers offense looked great for the third straight week. Last night, they yeah, did it all did. without Devontae Adams, too. Rodgers throwing for 283 yards and three touchdowns. And the Packers offense just clicking on all cylinders. They get the win. They remain undefeated. They are proving to be the team to beat in the NFL this early going. Here's more now from Aaron Rodgers. You know, again, I, I've said it a lot, but I just feel... I feel so much more comfortable in the offense this year. And I think Matt, uh, 
you know, has really settled into the rhythm of the play calling, and it's, you know, it's made my job, uh, my job a lot easier. All right, Brandon, how scary is this Packers team, this Packers offense, when Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are clicking the way they are right now? Uh, super scary. And you know I'm not one, Jenna, to be scared of a hot take, so I'm going to go out there, or a big take, I'm going to go out there and say something like this, right? <laughs> I right. think we go. that this offense can go down. down as one of the best offenses that this league has seen. And here's why. You have a ticked off wow. Aaron Rodgers slash happy Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look last night during the broadcast. How many times was this guy smiling? And then you have, uh, from an X's and O's standpoint, an offense that is just dangerous and unstoppable. Because when you can marry the run game to the passing game and you have a freaking all-time great quarterback. You have Aaron Jones, who can go for 150 yards any Sunday, and then multiple pass catchers that can gas you. This is a this is this is a recipe for success. So I love what the Aaron, what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are doing. Uh, this is the type of offense I would want to be in. An uh, offense that is balanced, that can run the ball, and then when you go play action, it looks the same. Just think about some of the some of the great teams in the past that's done well with this. You go back to the Falcons when they when they made to the Super Bowl, what, what did they do? They had two running backs. They did the play action with Coach Shanahan, and yeah. then they had some pass catchers. And then you can go on and on and on throughout the year seeing how well this recipe works for guys. So I'm excited to watch these guys continue to develop. Adams wasn't there last night. Um, Aaron Rodgers just seemed like a happy guy, and I can't wait to continue to watch. After the show, Nick, I'm going to go to CVS, and I'm going to go to the card section, and I'm going to get my mom a birthday card just to be early on it, just so I have it. You don't want to miss it. Then I'm also going to go to the uh, GM apology section. It's a very small section, and not all CVSs have them. And get the card that apologizes to the Packers for their draft picks and no. for us ripping them on this show for two weeks straight while there was no sports because they're doing fine. These guys are doing fantastic. <laughs> they put up 43, 42, and 37. And you and I, buddy, we were partners in crime saying the Packers are not supporting Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are, are wasting his talents. He, he's just a, right, a seed making, planted wow. on arid wow. soil. And like, you know what, guys? <laughs> Check your mail, because you're going to get a card from old Kevin Wilds apologizing because your offense looks great. Wild. Wild. Check your you're mail. making a, dare I say, rookie mistake, which is the on-television <laughs> preemptive early apology. So this exact, this happened, by the way, if you remember, Daniel Jones. You guys know him, the most fumblingest quarterback in NFL yeah. history, most turnover-prone quarterback in NFL history? No. He got ripped. Gettleman got ripped when he drafted him. Daniel Jones came in the game against Tampa last year and won it. And that entire yep. day on all the networks was an apology tour. It was people saying, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, Daniel Jones. I should have never doubted you. There was one person who held out. It was called a hater. Your boy, Nick Wright. I said, no. What I thought about him a week ago, I think about him today. I don't care that he ran 15 yards down the middle of the field to beat Tampa Bay. And now it is being proven out. We are not apologizing to Brian Gutenkunst for drafting a first-round pick that has not seen the field, a second-round pick 
that has 20 more rushing yeah. yards than I do, and a third-round pick who has 20 more receiving yards than Brandon does. We're not apologizing. The fact that <laughs> Rodgers and LaFleur have overcome it does not mean it was the right decision. If, 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 so I, I'm not apologizing there. But to Brandon's point That's right. about how dominant this offense can be, Devontae Adams didn't even play yesterday. The Saints defense, I think, with Cam Jordan, Malcolm Jenkins, and others, is actually pretty good. And what they have coming they up, are. Atlanta, Houston, Minnesota again. Though, I mean, th that's three of their next four. They really, they could be at the yep. midway point of this season, averaging 40 points a game. Like, that is absolutely on the board right now. And what I think you have, Brandon, is you've married the LaFleur system with the Rodgers improvis improvisation and the, the most deadly play in the entire NFL is the Aaron Rodgers free play. And he's going to get more of them this year than ever <laughs> before because every stadium is silent. And so yep. there's just yep. a, to me, it is a bit of a perfect storm for Green Bay right now. And to beat New Orleans, Jenna, when they don't have Devontae Adams and to do it like that, I thought was really exceptional. All right, let's finish up this morning talking about our top story. Last night's game, Cowboy, yesterday afternoon's game, rather, Cowboy Seahawks. That's we all cool. We about letting rest Russ cook. He was a master in the kitchen, 300 yards, five touchdowns. He was like his own Wolfgang Puck. We wanted to see Dak come out fast, and he did, <laughs> but three costly turnovers from him. That ain't great. Seahawks win. Whoa, they improved whoa, whoa. to 3-0, while the Cowboys fall to 1-2. and two. All right, Brandon, you're whoa, whoa, woeing me. Were you more impressed with Russ and the Seahawks or disappointed in Dak and the Hold Cowboys? On, well, well, to answer your question, I'll be Can respectful, okay? Wrong? No, I expect this from Seattle Seahawks. I picked them to go into the Super Bowl, so I'm not going to go away from that. I expect this. Uh, I'm more disappointed in the Cowboys because there's some, some alarming trends happening. But I'm saying, whoa, 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 because you just said, oh, those are on deck. I don't see it that way. I don't see those three turnovers on deck. I believe the, the strip sack fumble, that is on the team. That's on the offensive line, and that's on deck. And then when you look mm -hmm. at that pick and on Cooper, as a wide receiver, after this play, I'm coming back to my quarterback saying that's on me. Two things happened on this 20-yard in cut. One, he was off the ball. He got off the ball late. And two, he was sloppy at the top of his route. Cooper is better than this. He knows better than this. You, there's no way you can put your quarterback in this position. What is a 20-yard in cut? Literally, get the 20 yards and come straight down that line and expect the ball in between the numbers and a hash. That's how we get our coach. When you think about, you know, muscle memory and what we do at practice, this is what we're working on. My feet matching up with the quarterback's feet. So when the quarterback gets to his back foot and lets it go, he's believing that I am going to be exactly where I'm supposed to be and my top of my at the top of my route is going to be crisp. So when we look at this, I just think it's important for us to slow down and see the bigger picture because there's a lot of people right now that's okay. going to kill Brandon. Dak. And the reality is right. that is on Cooper. Brandon, you're, you're such a nice guy, but I think it's hurting the show at this point. 
Let's just be honest. I was the nice guy on the show. You've taken the man. You've taken the mantle from me. We showed the other, the fourth quarter interception that Dak threw, and you're like, "Wild, that happens all the time in the NFL." Like, no, all the time. Trey Flowers does not kick a ball into Michael Gallup's hands. So if you don't want to say that one's on yeah. Dak, can we at least say the fourth quarter, which Russell Wilson would have gone down and thrown for his sixth touchdown if that happened? But we're not even going to talk about it just because it was such a, a, yeah. a, a unlucky bounce for the Seahawks, Nick. So this might, if you want to say that's not Dak's interception, sure. But then if you're, if you're going to go with but, that, I'm going to say that the one that Trey Flowers kicked but this is, was but actually listen, an interception, I, I go Nick. back to, I, listen, 2006, I was drafted to Mike Shanahan. And on third and long, where I caught probably 25 of my balls in four years was on that play. And when you talk about being in sync with the quarterback, you have to be able to run this clean. He feels pressure outside with Griffin. He also sees the safety pull, uh, coming down on him, uh, closing hard. You have to almost turn that route into an 18-yard curl. So that's Brandon, why I say this is, is on, fair. on, on, on Brandon, the pass. That, but, but it is fair. Brandon. Hold on. But it is fair to say, even if we're taking th this one away, the one that went down in the books as a completion that hit that Wilds is talking about on the near sideline, that that one Penning very job. easily Penning could job. have and should have been an interception. So, like, there, uh, I understand yes, Wilds' job. point. Yes. I want to I talk about this. Listen, this was the matchup, Brandon, between our two Super Bowl picks. And right now, your pick looks awesome, Seattle. My pick looks like <laughs> a tire fire defensively and on special teams in Dallas. The only thing really saving the Cowboys, if we're being honest, is what Dak Prescott has been able to do to keep them in games despite the, having three turnovers in the first quarter yeah. as a team last week and having three turnovers by Dak this week. But I want to talk about your Super Bowl pick for a moment, Seattle. Do you know what this Seattle team reminds me of? The 2018 Kansas City Chiefs, a team whose offense mm. can be nearly unstoppable, mm. but that defense is going to let people move up and down the field at will. If I were you, my concern for Seattle has nothing to do with Russ, has nothing to do with the offense, has nothing to do with whether or not they're going to let him cook. They're going to let him cook. It's can the defense stop anybody? Because as Wilds pointed out earlier, they were a yard away from losing New England when Russ played perfect. And yesterday, they needed to pick up a fourth and three in a game where Russ already had four touchdown passes and Dak had turned the ball over a handful of times in order to win that game. That Seahawks defense, Brandon, right now looks very, very susceptible to giving up big plays, not like Dallas does. But that's the weakness right now without question. Yeah, they'll settle in. They got to find someone that can get to the quarterback. Uh, you lose Bruce Irvin to a, to a knee injury, ACL, and then also Blair goes down there, banged up in the back end. You know, those are things that they can correct. They just got to figure out this over the next couple of weeks. Now, will they be the, the Legion of Boom? Probably not, but they shouldn't be giving up big plays and they shouldn't be getting gashed. I expect Coach Carroll to clean that up. All right, last minute of the show, I want to talk about getting your X-Factors for tonight's big game, Chiefs-Ravens Monday Night Football. Brandon, mm. back to you to start first. What is the X-Factor here? I think it's going to come down to the tight end. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I, I, I like the Baltimore Ravens, but I got to go with Mark Andrews. That's who I got to go with. You know, the running game is going to look nice. Uh, play action is going to look nice, and I think the difference maker is going to be Lamar throwing it to his tight end. 
You know what? I'm very susceptible to uh, guests on the show, and the last guest we had on the show from this te these teams was Mark Ingram. So, Mark Ingram, the big X factor today, Nick. Listen, the Chiefs are not going to be able to stop the Ravens' one. rushing attack. Their only hope is to outscore them. This was one of the two games I picked the Chiefs to lose this year. The X factor, though, is Patrick Mahomes. Hey, is Josh Allen in the MVP discussion? Russell Wilson's never gotten an MVP vote. Kyler Murray could do it. X -factor. Patrick Mahomes might want to remind folks he's still the best player in he's the league. Be four. He he's the X four. He's the X factor. He's, he's number four in MVP race. Be for the Chiefs. The number X factor. Four. He's four in MVP no, no, no. race. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Jenny, he's going to remind people. To be discussed people. tomorrow, Chiefs-Ravens. Have a great day, everyone.